This is Jennifer Swartwood Walker at Colorado Springs Comic Con 2023 for Top 5 Comics Podcast. Welcome to Top 5 Comics Podcast, people talking about comics, pop culture, and events. With us today, we have Bob. That's me, Bob. And CBS. And today we're doing something a little bit different. So this is going to be the first of an installment of Colorado Springs Comic Con Special Editions. When when did we have the Colorado Springs Comic Con? So from today, it was just last week. Time in the world, and these people are listening to that. And, I mean, and it depends on where you are in the world. <laughs> uh, but it was back in August. The... Uh, uh, I don't remember the days, Bob. 25th, 26th, 27th? Uh, it was the last weekend of August. Yes. There you go. That's a, that's <laughs> why you do it. Makes it more simple. So, yeah. So, yeah, we got to go out there. Me and Chad got to go out to the uh, Colorado Springs Comic Con. Got some interviews for you guys. So, yeah, we're going to break those down to a batch of solo-style episodes, I guess, and see how that goes. Do things a little bit different than normal. Cool, um, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, we got to talk to uh, so a list of people. We got to talk to Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor. Oh, they're great. Yeah, they're both fantastic. Uh, we got Jennifer Swartwood Walker, and she's awesome too, artist writer. She's done several different Comic Cons around Colorado. She's actually been to our hometown Comic Con twice. Has she written anything I might know? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. If you weren't at the show a couple of years ago, then probably not. Uh. She's done a batch of independent books, so she's. In the process of getting into Diamond, so uh, ah. that'll make her a little more accessible to the rest of the world, too. Uh, then we also have um, Justin Orr, and uh, Justin's a fantastic artist. Uh, dude lives out in California. He's uh, He does a lot of conventions, too. Also yeah, awesome. I'm off to show some of his work afterwards. He's great. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, then we have AJ Urbina, and AJ's uh, he's a Colorado local, too, but he is also awesome. Um, and then we have an interview with Jade Gibson. So uh, we'll break those all down for you so you get a bunch of different episodes out of Colorado Springs Comic Con. Like I said, a little bit different than normal, but we'll see how that goes. Very nice. Should be pretty cool. Um, yeah, there's a lot of neat things happening. So what was the best part of Colorado Springs? Oh, man. Let's see. So Colorado Springs, I don't know. What, there was a lot of cool things. Um, I got to talk to Carrie Elways, and that, that dude is just class act, which he's really cool. Better known as Wesley. Well, I mean, it depends on <laughs> whether you're Princess or, Bride or if you're a Men in Tights. Right, or the Dread Pirate Roberts. That that would that, that, be my favorite one there. I'm, I'm Princess Bride. Although I like Men in Tights, but... You know, between the two of them, actually, I prefer Prince... I, pr- I think I prefer Men in Tights more, but I do love the Dread Pirate Roberts concept. Yeah. Uh, so I wound up getting a picture from him, like an autograph. And, like, as I was going through the line, I'm looking at all the pictures. I'm like, why isn't there a men in tights picture? Like, what is going on? Why is there not one of those at all? And I kept trying to decide whether I wanted him in the pirate mask, which obscures his handsomeness, <laughs> or whether I wanted him kissing the princess. Or there's a handful of other things from other appearances he's made, as far as things shows or whatever. Then the, the picture from Psych with him and the other two guys from Psych, and I thought, you know what, beans that. I want, I want a handsome face picture. We'll take the psych one. I don't want that one, but we'll take that one. It's fine. And so he got in a little booth area, finally, and uh, his, his assistant guy starts helping me. And I'm like, hey, man, where are all the uh, men in tights pictures? 
And he looked at me kind of funny, and I said, you know, with this handsome man's mug on it. And Carrie kind of laughed because he was talking to, he was actually talking to a couple kids in a a mom and dad combo while I was talking to his handler guy. And I saw him laugh and I was just like, that's right. You you know, dude, you know. And the guy's like, I tell you what, you know, we got one more left. And I was like, yeah, one more left. He's like, I had somebody come in here earlier looking for something different. And we sold them one of these pictures instead. So I've got one more that just managed to land in here. And I said, I want it, dude. And so we traded pictures and I'm like, awesome nice so that was really neat um again carrie was great um funny guy like signs a picture and he's like so you so you really like the minutes better i said it's just a matter of the costume dude your dread prize robert outfit is awesome but we need one with your face too because right. that's the whole point right and he just kind of laughed and he's like we're taking a picture right i said of course we are and then he directed his hand, his other handler guy who came out of like nowhere. And one was very tall and not necessarily wide, but he was very tall and lumbering. The other one was kind of, I don't know, normal. And I was like, this is like, this is just like the Princess Bride, except, you know, neither one of these guys are pirates. Anyway, so the big, the big man took the picture and he's like, let me see that. And so he takes a look at it and he's like, ah, oh, we gotta do it again. There's this whole, this, this cable hanging in the back here that gets, that is in your picture. And I was like, Okay, I'm not going to tell you no. Right. And so he like moves the curtain a little bit around, and so he's very per- perfectionist about it. He wanted me to be happy with the picture. So that was pretty awesome. He was he was very nice. That was that was neat. So that was fun. I mean, another thing that was cool is we got to uh, we got to go talk to the uh, Mistress of the Dark, uh, Miss Cassandra Peterson. Elvira. Oh yeah, Cassandra Peterson. Nice. Oh yeah. Like was she, she wearing the Elvira outfit? Oh no 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 <laughs> she doesn't. Uh, she doesn't uh, doesn't don the uh, the outfit so much anymore, but uh, yeah, well. but the woman puts on a great show and she's fantastic. Elvira, Elvira is right. Yeah, um, you know it's funny. She, so she actually grew up in Colorado Springs. Really? Yeah, she went to that, high school there and everything. I did not know that. No, yeah, that's something I learned as well. Um, I got to attend the panel uh, that was put on at the Colorado Springs Comic Con for for Miss Elvira, and it was. It was really neat. Like she told us a bunch of different stories and talked about high school there. And then there's a bunch of Q and A questions from the audience, which actually one of our episodes is going to be that, provided I can make it sound not terrible. Oh, good. Um, hard to record in a room like that with a bunch of bodies. Yeah, a lot of, so, lot of noise, background. Yeah. Sounds. Well, I'm like, it's not the best designed for recording, but. As a thing that you could hear everything in the room, so all, the presentation was fine. And I mean, she's she's great. But yeah, she talked about growing up in, in Colorado Springs and different things about them making movies, and it was really fun. Like she talked about being Elvira, got asked a bunch of different questions about that, and we actually learned where the Elvira name came from, Bob. And I didn't know that before because I knew before she was supposed to be taking over another name, and she was supposed to be taking over the Vimprella name. And she was going to be the next actress that was that part. And then the model didn't want to let it go. Right. And so the day of them taking their first sets of shots for her, uh-huh. they had a lawyer show up and he said, yeah, if you use the name, we're going to sue you. Oh, wow. And they left. So I don't know if I should tell this story. I should make you guys listen to the interview, listen to the p- panel. Listen to the panel. If I can make yeah. the panel not sound bad, go listen to that. Because it's really kind of, it's 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 neat. That, that helps explain the costume, too. Oh, I mean... it's very close to a Pirella costume. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's exactly what, what was happening. She was going to be the next embodiment. Wow. And apparently they'd all signed off on it to do it and everything until day of. And then 
somewhere someone didn't like something. Yeah. So uh, that was the way it works sometimes. Oh, for sure. But that was really neat getting to listen to her talk. And it, she's, she's a really kind woman and just hilarious. Like she's great. She's so funny and just like off the cuff. Awesome. Uh, I got to talk to her a little bit at her table also. Nice. So that was really cool. No proper interviews, but this, this year, the way Hollywood is set up, it would be hard to do stuff like that anyway. So while I was at the table talking to her, get my comic book signed actually. Nice. Um, yeah, no, it's great. Uh, I, I wanted, I, well, first thing is to thank her for being just awesome and being such a great person. There's, there's a point during the panel that one of, one of the, one of the questions was, um, about Paul Rubens and it, it was very, it's a really cool moment. Anyway, um, aside from that, because we could pass it very quickly. Um, so I, th- I, so I think for just being awesome because that's you know what you do. And I'm like, what's the weirdest thing anybody's ever asked you? And she's like, you know what? I've been asked some really weird things, and of course she said it in there a viral way, like her cadence and everything. So right. I was just priceless. Cool. And she goes, but the one thing I never get asked about, and I'm like, I, okay, what? I'm, I'm game. Tell me. And she goes, I was a singer in two Italian rock bands. And I'm like, hang on, what? She goes, you should look it up. And I'm like, she's like, thanks, and signed my book and put the X's on it. And she's like, and just smiled, and next person in line, because it's time to move. And I'm like, how did you drop the mic on that? I had no idea that you were ever did music literally like that, ever. I like, she what? sang in Italian. She's supposed to, well, I don't know. She was the singer in the band, is what she said. Wow. But what exactly that means and how it, I have since looked up the bands, but I don't Maybe know if there's music that exists anywhere for them or not. And there's another band that currently is using one of those names. It's an American band, so it's a totally different thing. Right. And I'm just like, man, that's a, I mean, I guess if I get a chance to meet her again, I have fought her for the next time. There you go. But you that can was ask really, her about the Italian bands that nobody ever asked her Yeah, about. man. I was just like, what a weird <laughs> thing to be like, here's this piece of stuff. And I'm like, that's, you are awesome. hundred percent. That's cool. But yeah, she grew up in the Springs, and her, her parents ran uh, like a costume shop, and she'd always been into doing stuff, and then really took off later in life. So, I mean, there's tons of interviews and people that have talked to her about stuff in life. And I guess while she was up in Colorado Springs, she said that she went around the uh, the school in the town and shot video of things that used to be there and weren't there. There's a video you can watch on her uh, Elvira.com website. Right. I don't think that's actually the... the lettering for the website but if you use her link tree which i will put a link on our blog page which is something i'm just building today because we've never really done it that way before right. i figured i'd give it a try so there'll be a link there so if you go to the top five comics podcast.com website soon i will have a button you can click that will take you to the blog that has a write-up about a bunch of different things um, well, a few different things it depends on how good i do at writing i'm much better at talker <laughs> which is why this is a talking podcast uh, but it will also have pictures as well. So anyway, that was really cool. As as far as other things, I mean, this is neat too, but I'm, my brain's like, I don't know how many times this happens in life. So actually, you were at the last one too, actually. I was. So Lou, yeah, so Lou Ferrigno was there, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Doing his whole, he was in Rhode Island. Yeah, he yeah. was in the Rhode Island show. And so something else happened that happened in Rhode Island. The police department of Colorado Springs deputized... Lou Frigno. Oh my God. And I was like, man, how many people have been at two deputizations of the Incredible Hulk? I have. 
You have. Yeah. Yeah. It was the craziest thing ever. I was just like, oh, my God. And we just happened to luck into the one in Rhode Island. Exactly. Wandering the hall. And there yeah, man. No idea what was even happening. This is when they did send some emails saying, hey, we're doing a thing. And I was like, I don't pay attention to the emails till it's too late. But I was already there anyway, so it didn't matter. Right. But yeah, it was pretty neat. And I, I was kind of like interested in that. So I looked around a little bit. And it turns out he's he's been deputized a couple of different places. But he serves as a deputy in Los Angeles and in... Oh, shoot. I can't remember their city's name. He's actually gone to the police academy and everything. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, it's freaking awesome. But yeah, but I mean, he's also a very kind and nice man, too. So, like, as a yeah. thing, if he likes to go out and do search and rescue stuff because he likes to be helpful where he can be helpful, and it's like, that's really cool. So, wow. I don't know how many places he's deputized, but I can tell you I've been to two of them, which is crazy. That's, yeah, that's just nuts. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, one was in Rhode Island and one in Colorado. Oh, yeah, man. As far as <laughs> opposite sides of the world, you don't get much more opposite. Not opposite as in styles of people, but opposite in location. Yeah. But yeah, I was just like, this is the craziest thing ever. It's like I'm living, it's like a parallel universe right now for me. That's, that is crazy. It was pretty wild. That's pretty cool. It was pretty, it was pretty neat. Is there anybody there that you wanted to see that you didn't get a chance or? You know, I, I've, I've talked to Bill Shatner before. So Bill was there and I did, I did kind of want to go bug him a little bit just because, you know, it's Bill Shatner. Mm. Um, so I, I didn't get a chance to talk to him and then, uh, Oh man, and I, a batch of them had to leave early because it's something to do with plane scheduling. Right. And so a few of them had to leave early, and that's that's why a couple of them didn't get didn't get hit. But yeah, he was one. And then uh, Chekhov, he was there. Oh, check. Uh, I'm struggling with his name too. Yeah, I've completely blanked mm-hmm. on it. Yeah, so Walter Koenig. Yes, Walter. Yeah, Walter is there as well, and I did want to go talk to Walter, but. Uh, he had to leave early again with the plane flight stuff. So there's a whole handful of them that that situation happened with. But yeah, I got, but another one I did get to talk to was Bruce Campbell. Oh, nice. So, uh, yeah, the man of the legend that is Ash from the Army of Darkness. Yeah. Or Evil Dead. You know. Bubba Hotep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which actually, Bruce Campbell. <laughs> I have, uh, I have a Bubba Hotep picture now signed. Nice. And eventually he's got to go up in the shop. Cool. Um, That'd yeah. Be awesome. So that was pretty cool. So we got to talk to him for a couple minutes and, uh, Always class act. Uh, I, we were, while we were talking, I said, hey, so uh, if you want to talk to Butch, and he looked at me kind of funny, and I said, yeah, Butch McCain. And he goes, you know Butch? And I go, well, yeah, we're from Grand Junction. And I have actually done conv- done work with Butch prior to his exile from the TV station because of COVID nonsense. Mm. Um, when I was doing production work in town, we both worked on a bunch back to the same events. Because oh, nice. he'd be there as the mouthpiece. I'd be there as the guy running the cameras and turning on the audio. So, yeah. So, I was like, yeah. Let Butch know that there's folks in Junction that miss him. And he's like, he's a class act. And we're, we were both kind of like, yeah, we, he was great. Like, What's he doing now? No idea. No. I'm not sure what he – I have no idea where the man is at all. But I take it Bruce Campbell knows him. Oh, yeah. Him and Bruce are friends. Um, Butch is actually in uh, a couple of Bruce's movies. So, oh. Bruce did a – did a film that uh, was about him being inducted by a batch of fans from a convention to go and out a ghost in a mine. I think the movie's called Don't Call Me Bruce, or I Am... No, it's not Don't Call Me Bruce. That's Jackie Chan, a totally different movie. I Am yes. Bruce, maybe? That might be right. His name is in the title. I think it's I Am Bruce, or... I'm, I'm blanking it's on it. It's something like that. If you IMDB him, it's the one with his name in it. Right. Anyway, Butch is in the movie. He plays... Uh, um, a dude who's playing the banjo when you first come into the town that explains the setting of the town. Oh. And he's also a sheriff in the town. 
So it has a deliverance feel to it. I mean, it, it doesn't get that dark <laughs> Good. ever. It's it's comedy goodness. I mean, no, Bruce is no pig squealing or no, anything no. like that. Yeah, That's yeah. good. The movie Bruce is playing Bruce, <laughs> and because you know knuckleheads from country towns decide that they need to take care of this. It's a Japanese demon, actually, too. Oh uh, wow! In their coal mine, um, that who better this to is fight an American that? coal mine? Oh yeah. So there's a oh, Japanese yeah. demon in an American coal well, mine. Well, it makes sense because when he died, I think they dug a little deep. <laughs> That's not necessarily where the demon's from, but the movie's. I mean, it's it's pretty fantastic and hilarious, and so that that was really neat. And uh, it was funny whenever the handler people were doing stuff. They like don't ask him to personalize anything. He just signs things, and and we're like, we've already. And at that point, I, my brain re- registered that. And then uh, I was like, we've been talking to this guy now for I don't know. We talked to him for like almost ten minutes. I felt nice. kind of bad for people behind us. And then he, at one point he's like, "All right, let me let me put something on here." He's like, "So do you want me to sign this to you?" I said, "Oh yeah, sign it to CBS." And he looked at me kind of funny. I said, "It stands for Comic Book Steve." And I told him a story about Josh, who also does his pockets with me, and him shorting my name from being Steve to Comic Book Steve to differentiate me to CBS because he's all all laziness. And uh, <laughs> Bruce says, "All right, CBS, I'll do one better for you." And so he signs it, and he's like, "T t t take care of business." T how are you taking care of business? TCB. Why don't I remember the letters? I just said the words. I, I don't know. That's taking the, care of business. TCOB. Something like that. <laughs> Whenever you write that down, that's that's what you wrote, and then you put a couple of lines on it, and he sort of laughed and he signed it. And I was like, that's hilarious because that lady told us that like half an hour ago. Anyway, it was pretty good. It was, it was pretty good, and of course, Bruce's. I've met Bruce multiple times in life, actually. I've got my Evil Dead posters in the in the store sign, and yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, yeah, he's always he's always been fantastic to me, and he's hilarious and handles everybody very well from all the in all the instances I have had with him. Um, so that was really neat. Um, there was a there was a whole bunch of other people there too. Clinger uh, from Mash. No I, kidding. Oh yeah, it's crazy. Like I did want to see him too, but time in the world didn't allow for things, and again, have him have to leave early on Saturday. So yeah. But uh, yeah, I was fairly surprised that that was uh, a thing, which does beg a question, Bob. Yes. So since Klinger, dressed in drag, and that show is owned by Fox, and now Fox is owned by Disney, does that make him a Disney princess? I think it does. I think it should. Princess Klinger. I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Like, as a thing. (laughs) But yeah... As far as people, there's there's a lot of other people in there that we didn't. I, Christopher Priest was there too. Got to talk to him a couple different times, um, so that was pretty cool. Um, he's currently writing uh, the Superman Lost series for uh, oh, for DC okay. Comics. Won an interview, but he was he was wearing he was wearing a mask. He's like, it's not going to sound good. Oh, maybe we can do it over the phone. I said, okay, we'll see what we can do. Right. So yeah, and as a thing, don't begrudge anybody for doing what they need to do in life. It's all good. Uh, but yeah, so that was all really neat. There's a lot of cool cosplay. As far as like stuff in the world, lots of neat things to see. And the chocolate company from Rhode Island, the, right. they're not actually from Rhode Island. There's multiple locations. But that same group is there with a batch of new flavors. Oh, I'm blanking on what it was called. I want to say they're called Copper. Yes. Copper Coast. Copper Coast. Copper something. Coast Confections. That's it's it. CCC. Yes. Copper Coast Confections. That's it. Oh, yeah. Oh, really good stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. They had a flavor. I don't know if they had this flavor in Rhode Island or not, but they had Pickle Rick. As a flavor, pickle? and it's yeah, fudge with a slight pickle flavoring. And I don't like pickles. I'm telling you, I don't like them. But that 
Fudge was really good. Was it? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I, was, I was very surprised. And I'm not really a candy eater anyway, so if it wasn't for a blood sugar issue, I wouldn't have even had any of it. But it was, uh, it was good. Nice. Yeah, no, it made for an awesome, uh, awesome. awesome thing. Did you get any comic books there? Mm, yeah, I did. Well, I got a couple books from, uh, uh, from Jennifer, a couple of her next two installments of her series. Uh, I think that was really it, though. Most of the stuff I had with me, I, I kind of bring with me. Because I was, you know, getting signatures from people. Right. So I didn't really, I didn't really, but there wasn't really anything new debut wise. It did a different kind of show. There was lots of different books there too. I mean, not, Rhode Island had a whole sway of older books. Right. This is there more of a, a modern of show. So, I mean, there were, there were still lots of books I dig through and books to be gotten. Uh, but I, that's not really what I was there for. I was more there to do press stuff and get interviews and, you know, run around like a crazy person. Yeah. Which that's- is not a check mark on the list of things you're supposed to be doing. That Rhode Island trip where I got to hold two copies of Fantastic Four number one. <laughs> right. That guy was not happy. <laughs> <laughs> Man. I was like, I just want to hold him. It's so funny. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's make a call to Chad. He's, right. he's the fellow that was over there with me. We'll see if we can get him on the satellite. Um, see if this works, guys, because, uh, I've, I haven't really done this in a while. Normally we use a cable to do this. And of course I can't find the cable. So, um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Just as soon as I should have his number pulled up and I didn't do that. So that's my fault. We'll see how this goes. We'll hand it over to a mic and uh, we'll see if this works. Which is not, again, a normal thing we do on this show because it's not. <laughs> Hello? Mr. Livingston. Yes. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing okay. Excellent. We got you on the podcast. This is me and Bob. Hi, Bob. Hey, Chad. How's it going? Pretty Talk, good. Talking the uh, Colorado Springs Comic Con. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, things and stuff to do. Uh, Miss Chad, give us your uh, takes and impressions on the Colorado Springs Comic Con. Well, I had, it was only my second con that I've ever gone to, and uh, I was quite taken aback as far as the, the accessibility to the celebrities that were there. It was pretty... Pretty cool to me. I think if I had more time to think about it, I probably would have walked up and met more of them. I enjoyed uh, meeting Christopher Priest, um, who wrote one of my favorite comics, uh, Deathstroke. Got his autograph, talked to him a little bit. Just all the people, the cosplay, and, uh, and that pretty much sums up <laughs> what I can what I can think of right now off the top of my head. Sure, man. Well, as far as things in the world, I mean, like, uh, time-wise, would you go back to Colorado Springs Comic Con? Oh, absolutely. Um, I'd probably, I'd probably shy away from the Saturday busy, 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 busy. The Friday evening was cool, and then I've, the first con I went to, I went on a Sunday. I'd imagine that that would probably be better for me, but yeah, I would absolutely go back. Well, for sure. And, like, they put on a pretty good show, and like you said, the accessibility to people is really cool, and the amount of things to see just in general. Yeah, and all the artists, seeing the different, you know, uh, original artists that are there, checking out their work, and people you've never heard of. It's just kind of cool. And I picked up a card from one or two, and good stuff like that. Heck yeah, man. Well, what are you reading right this second, man? Uh, Gotham City uh, Year One, just finished issue issue one. And uh, read Wonder Woman Evolution earlier today. 
I've got, I'm backed up. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's understandable. Well, buddy, thanks for going out there with me, man. Uh, we're going to let you go back to the satellite, um, but I'll catch up with you later. Yeah, I appreciate it. You guys have a good one. Yeah, buddy. Take it easy. Like we had a fun time at the show, and uh, helped me get pictures of uh, of Cassandra when we when she was doing her um, doing her panel. And oh, nice. Yeah, so it's, it's it really is like a duo kind of thing to do. I mean, you've done shows the show in Rhode Island with me, Bob. So yeah. you understand that there's a there's so much stuff to try to cover. It with one person is it would nearly be impossible. Yes, and I mean, there's still plenty of things I didn't get to do that I really really liked to have done. Yeah. That Rhode Island one was huge too. Right. Well, these, these are the same folks that put that Rhode Island one on. It's alternate reality. Oh, is it? Yeah. So same group that does the Rhode Island show does the Colorado Springs show. Ah, uh, I think I knew that actually. Yeah. In Denver's Fan Expo. Correct. Separate companies there. Yeah. But yeah, as far as conventions are concerned, I mean Denver's still bigger, but Denver's also set up different and the town itself has a much bigger convention center. So mm-hmm. as far as the thing, like they used the Broadmoor uh, hockey arena out there and they turned the whole thing into two floors of vendor space and the entire ring around the top that you walk around the whole thing, kind of like similar to the setup out in Rhode Island. Right. But Rhode Island has the benefit of the other convention center being connected to it. Right. So it's got a few other levels of material. Yeah. That uh, the Colorado Springs one it just doesn't have as of yet. So I guess, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, maybe someday. Right. Well, it's like uh, when I describe Colorado Springs to people, I, I usually call them the diehard of Comic-Cons. Yeah. Because they've happened in so many places, and the show just keeps getting bigger and bigger and going and going. I mean, That's the very good. first year, um, oh, man, it's like it was like a financial building that had been uh, had been uh, moved out of. So the building itself was uh, not abandoned because it, it was a building they rented. Uh, then after that, there was, there was a couple of years they used the uh, – Oh gosh, I can't remember what they called it. Alternate Dimension Event Center is what it was called. And it was uh, converted out of a strip mall. Right. And so part of the strip mall they had bought and converted into a convention center for themselves. Uh, even that, they managed to outdraw the amount of people for it. So, And then since the last few years, it's been done at the uh, at the Broadmoor. Which is pretty large. I saw Gabriel Iglesias there about a year ago. Oh, yeah. No, it's not a small I'm building. I'm going to go check means. out the Colorado Springs Comic Convention here one of these years. Oh, Maybe yeah. next year. Well, Never as far know. as the thing, man, we'll we'll definitely try to keep our foot and footing in it. And yeah, again, I want to thank the people from uh, from uh, Alternate Reality for having us out and putting up with us the last few years doing conventions out there because we've been covering that show since it started. Mm-hmm. Um, the very first year we we covered it then too, and we've done Rhode Island the one year. Uh, but yeah, as far as like shows are concerned. They always put on a good show and always appreciate them giving us time to come out there and do things. Yeah. They were fun in Rhode Island, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's great. Well, yeah. One other thing. Well, actually, there's two other things. And then I I swear we'll move on to the uh, the reason you guys are here, Jimmy and Amanda. Um, So, uh... I know a couple of volunteers that, that do the convention just because of doing it so many times myself. And, uh... A couple of them are handler people for uh, celebrity types, and so one of them was working. With one, one of my friends is working with uh, Serena Vincent, and now at the time, I didn't necessarily know who Serena was. Now she's gorgeous, but the friend that was working with her is who I was actually going over the sea and say hi to. And it was at the beginning of the show, so it was early Friday morning. It, it may have been the the hour of VIP and press access. Actually was because I think I was the first person that was like coming up to her booth, 
And I felt really bad because when I was there not to see her, I saw a disappointment in her face and I was like, oh no, what have you done? And so I talked to my friend for a couple minutes and she's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm sitting over here and I'm be over over here all weekend, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, and so I turned to her and I, I look at look at her name on the sign. I say, so Serena, sell me one of these pictures. And she sort of laughed and she's like, you don't even know who I am. I said, I don't, maybe I do. I mean, I don't. And I, I'm like, what have you been in? And of course, at this point, they're not supposed to talk about what they've been in because the whole writer, because the whole writer strike, an actor strike thing. And she started to say something and then she goes, I can't say that because of the thing. And she's like, oh, but there's pictures on this thing. The banner behind her had pictures and she shows me the banner behind her. I'm like, I never really watched Power Rangers. And she, she sort of laughed for a second. She said, well, I didn't watch it. I was in it. And I was like, that's just priceless. And then the next one right next to that was Cabin Fever. And I said, Oh, Cabin Fever. I totally saw Cabin Fever. I go, Oh my God, I do know who you are. And she's like, Okay, then. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but you were fantastic in that movie. She's like, I was always in other movies too. And I'm like, No, I don't, I don't doubt that at all. I'm like, So sell me one of these pictures. She's like, What do you mean? And then my friend who was helping her as her uh, assistant said, Well, pick whichever one you like best. I said, Whichever one sells worst. Help me help you. And she's like, I don't want to do that. You pick a picture. And I'm like, well, I, of course, I want the one where you, you're not dressed all the way because that's how guys work. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> and anyway, so we picked a picture, and I said, I do have one question for you, and I don't know if you can answer this or not. I said, so Cabin Fever, right? Was he, was working with was Eli Roth just a madman? And she's like, oh, I can talk about Eli. That's fine. I said, okay. And she goes, you know, he every day he came to the set, and he said, this movie's going to make you all famous. And he was very adamant about that. And it kind of did work for sort of. I mean, it worked pretty good for EI because the movie itself catapulted him pretty good. Right. And she was, uh, but it was like a thing. Every day he was just super excited about it. And yeah, she is kind of a madman. I said, okay, so I got one more question then. I said, do you know what the rotten fruit is? And she sort of sat there for a second. She looked at me and she got this big grin on her face. And she goes, oh my God, yes. It is the craziest thing ever. And of course, my friend's like, I don't know. I know what that means. And just like your face is like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> and I'm sure anybody listening at home should be like, I don't know what that means either. It is 100% understandable that you don't know what the rotten fruit is. So the, I'm going to tell you because we both laughed about it. And like, it was, and it was awesome. Like Serena, she's great. She was, I actually wound up talking to her all three days because after talking to her there, it was like a whole thing anyway. And she's beautiful. So yes. there's there's that that's helpful. Um, anyway, so the rotten fruit. Eli Roth, prior to finishing graduating, made a animated series with fruit people, and they tend to murder and eat each other. <laughs> it is absolutely morbid and is hilarious. <laughs> Sounds funny. But the trick with it is that the rotten fruit, and then so what she told me, she's like, yeah, one of the, one, our, one of our first days of filming, he bring us all in and set us down and, and put up, put, bring out a TV and took this VHS tape because that was the option back then. And be, because that's what he had it on, uh-huh. and he put it in the DV, the VHS player and he hit play. And all of us were like, what is he doing with a VHS tape? That's weird. He's like, you guys need to watch this thing. And so he played us the rotten fruit. And we were all like, this is this movie is going to have pieces from this in it. And there's lots of blood throw up in that movie. If you haven't seen Cabin Fever, there are three of them. It doesn't go well for the main characters, so she's only in one. Right. As a thing. Um, but he, he played it for them, and she's like, yeah, none of us knew what to think after that. And I thought, what did I get myself into? She goes, but Eli's great. It was, it was awesome. It was a super fun movie to make, actually. And I'm like, I'm so glad that you know what the rotten fruit is. You do know he snuck it on the DVD, right? She's like, I know, right? It's crazy. 
So if you ever get a hold of Cabin Fever as a DVD, and you say, well, I can just stream it, this will not be in the streaming. It was on the special features. Hidden in there, there's the two videos of the rotten fruit. And it just <laughs> has it labeled as rotten fruit. So you, you have to be a little brave to try to watch it, or just be bored and try and look at every single option on the DVD. But it's there. And it is glorious. And I'll bet, I'll bet you can probably find, I'm sure that the chances are it's probably on YouTube at this time in the game. So if you know what to look for, Eli Ross, Rotten Fruit, I'm sure you can find it. But it was awesome because like, there's so many people that, when that movie was happening, and like, even a couple years afterwards when the second and third one, which I never even watched the second or third one, but when they were coming out, I'd be like, hey, do you guys know what the Rotten Fruit is? Or anybody would talk about Eli Roth. And I'd be like, hey, you know what the Rotten Fruit is? And like, all of them look at me like I'm a crazy person. And I'm like, okay. Well, now you know, and it was just awesome that she was like, totally know what you're talking about. That's the craziest thing ever. That is cool. So that was really cool. That was really great. It's part of why going to conventions like this are awesome, because you get these weird interactions that are like, just priceless kind of things. Yeah. And like, the whole reason we do the show is to be able to share this stuff with you in the first place. The same reason we do the Instagram is to be able to share this stuff if you don't get to go, just let you feel like you got to go. And doesn't mean that you shouldn't, because if you get a chance to, you really should. And in all honesty, even if you're not like the biggest comic book person or pop culture person, just go to one, because even if it doesn't make you fall in love with it, the amount of weird nonsense you get to see and just experience is really pretty cool. Yeah. And stuff that'll never happen anywhere else, except for at conventions. It's so bizarre. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only other thing I want to talk about real quick before we get onto the meat and potatoes of this thing, the other episodes will be a little shorter. So if you're like, Jesus, you're going to talk for 30 minutes every single time? <laughs> No, no. The other intros would be much simpler. Um, so my buddy Brian of uh, Blues Wade Cartooning, which was out there, he, we had a table out there at the at the convention. He was one of the artists in the uh, artist alley area. Um, which actually, Brian got a couple a couple of pictures are of Brian actually. So if you go through the pictures on the Instagram or on the uh, it's not a slideshow. It's like a what do you call that gallery? That's the word I wanted. The gallery on the website. You'll see Brian in there. Anyhow, uh, that is all a side note to the point of the story. So Brian ha- has been making custom decks, uh, escape decks, doing art on them and stuff. Right. And uh, he's done a whole handful, of, and they're fantastic. And makes them glow in the dark. He makes it's he's just fantastic. Well, he did one. Well, he did a couple of them of Bender, but he only did one with like a big Bender on it. Bender, the robot from Futurama, right? With a Reveal ink inside. So if you use a black light over the robot, you see all his gears and stuff inside, which is just, it's awesome. And uh, he built it for a guy out, out in, I should, should I say where? From, I probably shouldn't because I, I doubt the dude listens to this show, but he should. Anyway, he built it for somebody <laughs> else. And uh, he asked me, he's like, hey, man, can you take this over and get it signed by John DiMaggio? And I said, of course, dude. I actually kind of have it in with John. This is going to be f- weird. And he's like, I don't know what that means. I said, it's understandable. And so he gives me this board and he's like, yeah, whatever it is, I, I mean, I'll, I'll pay you back, man. It's, you know, get it done. I was like, all right, cool. So I go over and stand in the line for John and, and John's a very popular man. So it was a, it was a minute in the line. And, uh, we finally get up to, to, to the front and, uh, I pull out the board and he's like, oh, this is the coolest thing ever. I, I've never even seen one of these. I go, that's because it's a custom. Like, my buddy is out in the Artist Alley area. He made that. It's for a friend of ours in, in Denver. And he's like, oh, that's really cool. He's like, so this is even for you? And I was like, no, man. And he's like, well, I said, can you put some, can you put some flavor on it? And he's like, of course. And, uh, 
I said, hey, John, I got a weird question for you. And he's like, yeah. And he's getting ready to try to figure out what to write. He's just thinking in his head, like what he's going to write on the board. And I said, when's the last time you had Orange Julius? And he sat there for a second and he kind of looked up and he's like, I think the last time I had Orange Julius when I did this show here, like five years ago. And I said, hi. And he kind of got this weird look on his face. He's like, oh my God. He's like, you're the guy I had Orange Julius with. I'm like, (laughs) that's me. He's like, dude. I haven't seen you in forever. I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Why I don't know how we would have seen each other any other way. And so if you rewind time, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's been five, maybe six years. Uh, we were covering the same comic book show um, back when they had it at the mall, the Chapel Hill Mall. And uh, it was before Kevin Conroy passed. Um, John and Kevin had done a, uh, a panel together, and it was awesome hearing Batman and Bender talk with each other. It was so cool. Right. Another thing that you don't get unless you go to the conventions. Yes. So cool. And uh, at one point, John was like, being that this is a mall, does it have an Orange Julius? And I, I'm not from Colorado Springs. I don't know. But it happened that the day before, I had been upstairs having lunch and saw an Orange Julius. And a couple people in the audience were like, oh, yeah. And they try to tell them where it's at. And I'm like, that's not going to explain how to get there to a person who's never been here. Because I only know where the food court was by happenstance. And so I'm like, I was getting ready to go have lunch anyway because my blood sugar was low. And uh, so the panel gets over and I'm like, all right, let's go up and get lunch. So I go up and get my lunch. I get done with lunch. And I was like, you know what? I wonder if Bender wants an Orange Julius. And so I went through, got him an Orange Julius, came back downstairs. And he was in the pro- – they were actually wrapping up his booth so he, so he could go to lunch. And the handler person's like, oh, he's not doing anything else. He's not doing anything else. And I was like – all right, that's cool, whatever. I'm like, it's Orange Julius. I got a medium because I didn't know what flavor he'd like. So he got orange. And I'm like, worst comes worst, it's six bucks in the trash, whatever. And uh, as I was coming around the edge of the booth, because the way they're set up, like John's right there. And I'm like, hey, John, I got an Orange Julius for you. And he turns around and looks at me. He's like, no freaking way is that for me. And I said, yeah, it's orange flavor because, you know, oranges. Mm-hmm. And he said, dude, do you want, dude, you want a picture? And I was like, with you. yeah, I'll take a picture with you, sure. And so I come around the booth, and of course the handle person freaked out, like of course, because they just told you get out of here. And John's like, no, 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 let him come up here. It's 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 fine. Get up here. And so I get up there, and he he's like, dude, this is the coolest thing ever, man. And I'm like, I you know I got you a medium because I wasn't sure what flavor you'd like, and I figured if you were already gone, that you know worst comes worst, it was six bucks in the trash. And he's like, oh, what what picture do you want? And he points to his table, and I was like, I thought you meant a picture with you, John. And he's like, well, let's do both. And I'm like, <laughs> ah, nice. All right, man. So of course I have a, a Bender signed by Bender and nice a selfie with John from a couple years ago. Anyway, and so I at this point in the game, John is popular enough that he doesn't just do regular photos with people anymore. Right. He's one of those. He's you got to sign up in advance. Celebrity enough, either you do a uh, either you do a scheduled like professional photo, or if you're doing like a selfie type photo, it's it's one that comes with a bill. Right. And. Uh, I was like, hey, can I get a picture with you at the board? He's like, for the guy that's not even you? And I said, well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> he goes, of course, dude. Get it done. And I'm like, all right. So we take a picture. And, of course, the picture's on the, the page so you can see it. And he's he's hilarious. Anyway, awfully great guy. And it was really it was really cool getting to see him again. It's just so funny because, like, who asked you about Orange Julius, really? Yeah. I'm going to tell you this guy. And I was pointing <laughs> at me just now when I did that. So... <laughs> Anyway, it was hilarious and uh, so funny. It just as like a thing that had happened. Um, anyway, so that regaled you with enough nonsense. Uh, 
Time for the interviews. I'm going to say, yeah, let's go and run. We're going to run the first interview, and uh, we'll be back with you for a second. And uh, this is going to be Jimmy Palmiandi and uh, Amanda Connor at the oh, Colorado. Fantastic. Oh, yeah, they're both great. At the uh, Colorado Springs Comic Con 2023. And we'll roll that interview. Hey guys, this is Steve at South Life Comics Podcast here at Colorado Springs Comic Con 2024. And I am here with Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti. It's great to have both of you on the show. Thank you. Hi, Steve. Amanda, what got you into drawing comic books in the first place? My mom and dad. Yes, they're, they're both artists, and my dad is actually a frustrated comic book artist who was discouraged from doing comics by his co- his parents, so yeah, it was kind of a sad story, but lucky for me, he encouraged me, yeah, so. It was also your pursuit of uh, fame and power, is that the other thing? Was, no. Yeah, you know, with comics. With comic books. I'm going to rule the world yeah, right. with comic books. With comic, right, with comic books. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Uh, all right, so so it's kind of in the blood to get you into it. That's freaking awesome. So like, okay, so I know a lot about the two of you from talking to Jimmy and other people in life. Um, so first project that I'm aware you guys worked on was Gargoyles. Is that right? That is our first project together that we that we worked on. Yes. Correct. Yes. yes. That was it. We met at Marvel Comics, and they asked me to ink this new and upcoming female artist and I was like sure why not and then it was Amanda Khan and I was really happy about that and actually the pencils look great and I was like oh thank god I don't have to ink some crap and uh yes that was fun glad you liked it yeah it was well and like all these years later you guys have worked on a lot of projects and I as far as things I mean the shape of Harley Quinn today is from you guys and Mr. Harden um, what did you think about when you so when you guys were first pitching that like how did that kind of go down? I was we we actually didn't pitch it. Um, no. Jimmy Jimmy has the story for I that. In, uh, I was at the uh, retailer meeting in Orlando for DC Comics, and uh, then one of the retailers said, <clears throat> um, "You guys, Deadpool's a big hit. You guys should you know do a new book and." You have your own Deadpool, like Harley, and Dan just turned to me and said, "Hey, you want to do? Uh, you and Amanda want to do Harley?" And I said, "Yeah." When I get home, I'll ask Amanda if she wants to do it. And then we decided. We told Dan, if, if, as long as we can do it our way, we're interested. But if you're gonna tell us to do it a certain way, we're not. And he was open to it. He didn't. He said, you know, he didn't think it was gonna last that long anyway. So he's like, "Go ahead, do whatever you want." Months, I think. Yeah, like six issues. Thought it was gonna get canceled after six issues. And um, so then we changed a bunch of things and, uh, and then it became a hit. But it was just the right place at the right time. Well, as far as like a, a wild storm, I mean, I know at one point it outsold Batman at least once or twice on the catalog, which Batman at the time was just crazy. As far as like things, when you guys were doing it, were you worried about things you turned in ever? Because there's some stuff in there that's pretty awesome and wild. We're not worried. We just figure the editor is going to tell us you can't do that. You know, the, our job is to write it the way we see it and their job is to kind of tell us when we've gone too far and so it's a it was a back and forth uh, relationship that worked pretty much most of the time once in a while we had to rein it in a little bit but um, 
it's because we were reminded all the time that it was an all-ages book. So sometimes we did stuff that was a little not for the kids, and they would just remind us, and, you know, between Amanda and Chad, they'd figure out a way to get it to look so it's not so horrible. Um, but it was it. We had a great editor. We, we, we had Chris Conroy, who was able to work with us, and uh, he took a lot of the bullets that were be, being shot at us at the time, and, and we made it work. But... You know, it is our job, though, to push the envelope. So that that is always a writer's job. Yeah. Well, there's, there's another series a while back that was uh, called Gate Crashers. Can you guys tell me anything about Gate Crashers? It was the first book published under the Black Bull label, which was a label that I created for uh, for Wizard Magazine, and um, and we wanted our first book was Gate Crashers. It was basically about two characters that kind of go in and out of these gates portals that go to other worlds and uh, I got to write it with uh, we well we all kind of put out contributed but Mark Wade and I were writing the regular books and Amanda was drawing them and Paul Mouse was coloring them and it was just a fun series that unfortunately we never wrapped up so we left everybody with a cliffhanger but Black Bull kind of went the way of the dinosaur and uh, you know we moved on from there yeah. is there any chance that property might come back at some point is it stuff that's just wrapped up we only own a piece of it so it would have to be the guys that own it making that decision I don't see it happening uh, unless somebody kicks the bucket then we'll then we'll see if we're invited to the will reading and they'll go enter Jimmy and Amanda we leave Gatecrasher and that, then that'll probably be the next day we'll be working on it but until that happens probably not well, I love Gatecrashers when it was happening I thought it was fantastic I liked it a lot so as far as like characters and stuff, is there a project that I mean you do a lot of your own stuff? Tell me what so you and you do a lot of stuff um, on Kickstarter. So uh, tell me a little about the next Kickstarter project. Well, we just finished uh, Trigger Girl, and that one we're in the fulfillment stage right now. So it's at the printers, and Patrick and I and the crew are gonna get the books out as soon as we can. The next one is gonna be uh, a western, written by me and drawn by Chad Harden and inked by and colored by Alex Segura. And uh, I mean, sorry, Sinclair. Sorry, Alex Segura is my writer friend. A lot of, I love a lot of Alex's. Um, yeah, Alex uh, Sinclair. And uh, it's basically a western. It's it's a it's just a one, done in one beautiful looking book. I mean, Chad destroyed it. It's just beautiful. And it's it's basically about a couple in the old west, like 1800s, that want to retire, but stuff happens that they can't, and how they deal with it. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Chad is also fantastic, and I've had I've had him on the show a few times too. He's a great guy. Great man. So, is there is there a character in well, I know in DC or Marvel that you guys haven't gotten to work on that you would want to? I mean, either one of you. Man, we'll go to you first, then we'll go to Jenny second. I've worked on like I've really worked on all of my favorite characters. Like I I, I lucked out, you know. Yeah. I mean, the the only thing that. I haven't been able to work on that I would love to work on if like Marvel and DC like went back to their 80s thing and like started doing doing crossovers I would love to do Power Girl She-Hulk crossover <laughs> that's like that's one of my fantasies I don't know if that's ever gonna happen again but it'd be fun the two companies don't get along great I said it's fine yeah okay it's true it's true they, they don't they, they used they used to have a friendly competition and now they have like I guess like they don't they're even corporations. Now they're corporations, and they don't play together. No, Coke and Pepsi don't get oh, together and make a new soda. <laughs> Doesn't happen. I mean that's true. I mean I think I've, 
be fantastic. We got a mellow yellow Mountain Dew mix. This is what I like best. Did Jimmy anything in your wheelhouse like that? Um, no, DCMR. I kind of did every character I could think of. I've worked on. Well, no, you you did it. You both have done a ton of yeah, stuff for them. I, uh, so like it's a it's a more of a dark kind of question, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. Uh, there's nothing they really have that I'd like to work on unless they would let me do it where I completely left me alone with it. Um, I would love to do a, a mature audiences Jonah Hex series or or a Tulu Black series for them, you know. But I don't see it happening anytime soon. So yeah, it's all well, good. they started doing all that black label stuff, so maybe it's just a matter yeah. of rolling around the right direction. Yeah, maybe yeah, when they fork over some cash, we'll think about it. You know. Well, one of the, a couple of your uh, in your last couple of Kickstarters, you had some photo covers with Mr. Jennifer Van Damsel. Yes, Jen- oh, I, Jennifer. I also like a fantastic a lot mount. She's fantastic. She's a doll. She's, oh yeah. She's wonderful. So how did that? I mean, how did that become a thing? We we just friends with her. Uh, we she used to cosplay Harley all the time. Jennifer. Yeah, we, we did a uh, we did a big signing at one of the New York Comic Cons. I think we met her before then, but we met she. Her before then. Yeah, yeah. But they hired her to like. Um, it was for a watch company for uh, Invicta watches, and they like went all out and they hired her to be the uh, Harley Quinn. The, yeah, the the Harley for the booth. So you know, and we, we got to know her much. Friends after yeah. that, and she, you know, she's uh, whenever she uh, wants to, she can always. I always tell her if she wants to, uh, you know, cosplay any of the characters in the Kickstarters, and she takes us up on it once in a while. So we're, we're just lucky to have her uh, wanting to contribute like that. Well, her painkiller Jane is fantastic, and she's awesome, too. Yeah, she's so. great Jane, yeah, yeah. Heck yeah. Very bloody. <laughs> right, we do a couple weird ones on the podcast. Jimmy, you've answered all these before, but I'll ask you again. First one, what's your go-to karaoke song? Wildfire by uh, Michael Murphy. There you go. Because uh, it drives a man the crazy. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> and uh, I like Fever. Um, Pe- Peggy Lee made it very popular, but it was actually sung before her, and I cannot remember the name of the original artist. That's a different song, Jimmy. This is a different song. All right. So if you were stranded on a deserted island right. and you only take five items with you. What five items would you take? Can a man to be an item? <laughs> yes, an under item? under under terminology. An item? Uh, uh, okay, I have Amanda, uh, a self-contained solar-paneled home. Is that too much to ask? No. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, an endless supply of missiles. Um, good cable. Some good, some good TV cable, and uh, I don't know. What do you think? And a bunch of massage monkeys. Monkeys trained just to give massages. What do you think? Well, since you've got the solar-powered home, I'm going to say a refrigerator. Well, that would be in the home. Well, I mean, I, I thought we were going to furnish it, Jim. It's just it's teamwork. Oh, okay, go ahead, furnish the house. Go um, really comfy, warm shoes. Wow. Yeah, I like comfortable shoes. Um, what? She's on an island. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. You might feet get cold even in you know even if the sand is warm you know it, night happens and you know it gets chilly. Um, All right. My my long cashmere sweater because you know it's it's like my little like it's my pink. Oh, my little blanket. Um, 
And uh, Jimmy, Jimmy's my other item. I got one more? One more. Uh, let's see. After that, soft pillow. <laughs> and, and those are all fantastic items. So with Jimmy's items together, since you picked each other, you get to go together. I had to say refrigerator. I didn't say doorknob, but there's a doorknob on the door. Okay. You can't chill your food with a doorknob. Yeah. All right. All right. Nope. Nope. I'm not going. I'm done. All right. Last one. If you lived in Fantasyland, would you ride a chocolate pony? Absolutely. Would I eat it? Ride it. Oh, right. Is its name Wildfire? <laughs> I mean, I guess you can name it whatever you want to name it. I'm a chocolate pony. Oh, my gosh, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah. No, uh, would I ride a chocolate pony? I guess, but I'd have to have a saddle or something. I don't want chocolate in my ass. Yeah, it would definitely get melty. I don't want chocolate ass. Yeah, you know what? I hate being sticky, so I'm going to have to change my mind and say, no, I would not ride it. I would eat I the would, pony. Yeah, I would lick the pony, but I would not you eat. Would I would not pony. ride the pony. No. Yeah. Manicana said she'll, that's the title of this. Manicana will lick a pony. Pony <laughs> licker. <laughs> oh my gosh, guys. Well, that was fun. Thanks for talking to me, guys. I appreciate it a lot. Sure. I hope we learned it's good talking to you. We all learned something today. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And I just want to thank again Jimmy and Amanda for taking the time to interview with us. And again, both of them have always made time for me and and Chad as well, uh, Mr. Harden. Um, those guys, the, the what they did to make Harley Quinn what she is now is just just yeah. crazy amazing. And like as a thing, back when Harley made the shift to be this anti-hero – it was the three of them that were doing all that, yeah. and like and the it book, was, it was brilliant. Oh yeah, it's great. That run. Books were given twelve issues because that's what they gave them, and then it was outselling Batman. This is Scott Snyder Batman. Yeah. And granted, it was only for like maybe two sessions, so two months, but it doesn't change the fact that it managed to be out the best of the new Fifty Two. Yes, which is crazy. I mean, it's awesome. They're both fantastic, and they do a lot of Kickstarter stuff. Uh, they're uh, their brand name thing themselves is Paper Films. Um, so yeah, some next time you're on Kickstarter, if you go there often, just look up Paper Films or Jimmy Palmiotti or Amanda. And as far as the thing, you'll find whatever they're working on. They do a lot of Painkiller Jane stuff through there, yeah. uh, which is awesome. Um, she's an older school character now, but the two of them keep busy and they're both just fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were wonderful in Rhode Island. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the same power, same energy. Like they're both, they're both really kind people and they're both really fun. Yeah. Well, Bob, normally we do books to watch, and that's uh, going to be a harder thing to do because we're doing these so close together. So, do you have any books you tell people that they should listen? They should, they should get into reading. The Night Terror stuff has been pretty good. Most of it has been really interesting and awesome. Um, anything coming up? What have I been reading lately? Well, you were getting up Birds of Prey, and we were just talking about a new book getting ready to have. Uh, oh, that yeah. One, huh? Keep an eye out for Birds of Prey. Oh, and uh, the uh, new Wonder Woman with, um, I have blanked on the who's writing it. Uh, Tom King. Tom King. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that that looks really good. There's a lot of cool stuff coming out. If, you, if be... you're looking for stuff that's out, Night Terrors, and then, yeah, keep an eye out for that Wonder Woman title. I think that's going to be good. Oh, yeah. And there's uh, Outsiders is coming, is that right? Oh, yes. There's a new Outsiders title with uh, uh, Luke Fox yep. and Kate Kane and Batwoman in it. I'm not sure who else. They talk about the third man. It's a new character, I mm-hmm. guess, so I don't know what that's about, but yeah, that looks good, too. And that's in a couple of months, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think it's just hitting solicits right now, so it's new-new. New-new, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see, well, the other thing we do at the end of the podcast, if you never listened before, which I imagine you probably have because you're here listening now, <laughs> it's a weird way to preface it into that. You can tell them, Rusty, uh, <laughs> as, a th- as a thing. Uh, what'd you learn today, Bob? I learned... That Elvira is from Colorado Springs. That is definitely a true thing. <laughs> Man, what did I learn today, Bob? What did you learn today, Steve? I mean, that's not how this game works. Although, <laughs> you did tell me just a second ago about Serena Vincent, so you could tell oh, me I learned something yes, about her. Yes, uh, you learned that Serena Vincent was in a movie called Freaks of Nature, and she was in Not Another Teen Movie. Oh, that's true. See, now, the Not Another Teen Movie thing, I, that was one of the pictures on the display behind her and time in the world you know yeah what was the uh, zombie what was the freaks, the freaks of, nature? of nature was a movie about zombies and vampires and humans all living together in one town and then aliens show up to steal their sausages it's a weird movie <laughs> it's hilarious it's got a the young Mackenzie davis in it Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and it's like one of her first movies. Oh man. Yeah, she was great though. I like her. Um it's it's I like that movie. It's weird, it's un it's crazy, it's funny. Check it out. Right Freak, on. Freaks of nature. Freaks of nature. All right, well, everybody, get get on the uh, Instagram and uh, follow, like, subscribe, you know, the things you're supposed to do. Uh, again, if you want to see a bunch of pictures from comic book shows, because that's where I put them. Um, there's a couple different s- sites to look at, but if you go to Top 5 Comics, not sites, because it's Instagram, it'd be at Top 5 Comics Podcast. There's a bunch of pictures there. I mean, my own personal one, I put pictures up, too. Sometimes they're the same pictures. Um, so, you know, if you look for Top 5 Comics in general, you'll find us, but the podcast one, I've been trying to make that more where a lot of the pictures go first before the other places, I guess. Um, and you can look at the top five comics podcast.com website. Uh, cause now we're going to have a blog page on there, which there you go. It does have a gallery cause I built it today. There you go. You know, the more, you know, right? The more, you know, and then sound effect, <laughs> but I'm, I don't have time to find that. So. Yeah. No, we don't need that sound. Effect. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's a t- 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 key. T- key. T- key. T- key.